Hello friends, my name is Todd Martin and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church and I am so glad to be back with you again for this time we can spend in God's Word. And let me say Happy Father's Day to all my fellow fathers. Thanks for listening. This message is for you. But before we begin, let's talk to the Heavenly Father first. Oh God, You've given us this time. Help us to make the most of it by hearing what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, today's title of the sermon is, I knew he would come. I knew he would come. Bruce Howell tells the story of a father and his son and daughter who were 8 and 10 years old. They went swimming in the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of New Jersey a few years back. They were all great swimmers. They were a long way from shore and they became separated when the dad realized the tide was carrying them out to sea. He called out to his daughter, Mary, I am going back to shore with your brother for help. If you get tired, turn on your back. You can float all day like that. I'll come back for you. He and the boy made it to shore, and then there was a frantic search for the girl. Finally, after four hours, they found Mary far out in the sea. She was calmly swimming on her back and wasn't frightened at all. There was a tremendous amount of relief when the calm girl was finally back on shore. Everyone wondered how she could be so calm. She said this, Daddy said he would come for me and that I could float all day. So I swam and I floated because I knew he would come. As a dad, I marvel at this story. The dangerous situation. A bold statement from the father. The simple faith of his child and the eventual return to shore. There is no question in my mind that the father would have made good on his promise or died trying. I have no doubt the little girl would have floated as long as needed with her eyes and ears tuned for the sight and sound of her father's return. There is deeper meaning here than just a story of a scary swim off the New Jersey shore. I know today we usually reflect on our earthly fathers, and, and we should. I hope you got your dad a little something, wrote him a note, or said something encouraging to him. He needs it. Being a dad can be a hard and thankless job. Dad's often come up short with the dreams they have for themselves 
and for their families. So bless your dad today. He needs it. But may I say that he also needs this too. So dad, if you're listening, I'm so glad you're here. This is where Jesus comes in and saves the day. Here's a little sunshine for your soul, dads. You don't have to be the perfect father. In fact, you can't be the perfect father, even if you try. But here's what you can be. You can be faithful to the perfect heavenly father. You can point your kids and others to the only father that never fails. You see, that's exactly what Jesus did. I like to give you the sermon in a sentence. So maybe if you've got to go or you've got to do something else, or maybe it's so early in the morning, you're going to fall back asleep. Let me just give you the sermon in a sentence real quick. Here it comes. Jesus pointed to everyone, the perfect heavenly father, and we should too. I'll give that to you again if you're writing it down. Jesus pointed everyone to the perfect heavenly father, and we should too. So for a little bit today, we're going to focus on the heavenly father and his powerful promise to us that was given so long ago. Just like the Jersey swimmer dad, but it's still pending for us who are here. Now, let's just sort out a couple things that could get a little confusing in this message. First off, Jesus himself was never a father. I don't really care what you heard on YouTube or TV or movie or maybe from your brother-in-law. Jesus was a single celibate man for his entire earthly existence. But second, here is the twist. In Jesus, we find the fullness of God the Father. In fact, that will be explained in the text itself. So let's get there. Open your Bibles to John chapter 14. I'm in the gospel of John chapter 14. Now, I just want you to know, uh, I'm going to be reading the text for you, but it's really helpful if you can open a Bible. Now, if you don't actually have a Bible you can read and understand, please stick around till the end of this message, and I will tell you how you can get one. Again, I'm in the Gospel of John. You remember, uh, your New Testament starts Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the book of John. In the book of John, I'd like you to turn to chapter 14. John chapter 14. And I'm going to start with verse 1. And I'm going to read through verse 4. John chapter 14, verse 1. I hope you're there. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Also, trust also in me. In my Father's house, are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. 
you know the way to the place where I am going. Now, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to give you a sub-point. If you'd like to write it down, that'd be great. He's going away, but he'll be back. He's going away, but he'll be back. And then I ask an application question that kind of throws back to our opening illustration. How are you at treading water? Now, I might even ask specifically, hey, dad, how are you at treading water? Now, for those who don't know what treading water is, uh, I recently got back from vacation and spent some time by the pool. And there was a little boy and little girl in the pool and the little girl could swim really good. And she went over in the deep end and she wanted the little boy to come over. And he said, well, I can't swim very good. And she was like, well, you can at least tread water. And he said, I don't even know what treading water is. And she said, well, it's when you're in the deep end and you can stay still in the water, but keep your head above. That's what treading water is. Now, here is a bold statement of Jesus. Just like the man who was out in the ocean with his kids. Look hard at verse 3. You could underline the whole verse if you wanted to, but at least those four words that are in verse 3. Look hard at them. I will come back. Friend, that's a promise as good as the Jersey dad. No, actually, it's better. That's Jesus making the promise. I want you to know that promise is a solid win-win for us. What do I mean? Lately, I have heard more people talk about the hope that Jesus will come back sooner than later, and they really mean it. This is the straightforward interpretation of this verse. One day, Jesus will bust open the sky and take all who love him home. But don't worry, if you fall asleep, at least that's how they say it in the New Testament, which means to die, before he comes back, he will still come back and take you to be where he is. The promise is good no matter what. I wonder, do you think that little girl in the story would have been as calm if her daddy would have said, okay, sweetie, see you later. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. I seriously doubt she would have been as calm. Here's the reason we don't need to panic either. Here's the reason we can tread water in this life. What do I mean? Friends, I know Sometimes we have to work a job we don't like, deal with pain we don't want, love on family that doesn't love us back, struggle from dawn till dusk only to do it again the next day. Why? How do we keep going? How do we keep treading water in this life? It's because we know someone is coming back for us. Will you believe it? Friend, how are you at treading water? Dad, how are you doing? Are you on your back floating? Are you swimming against the current? Keep going. He's coming back for you. Don't quit. Just believe. But maybe you're still like, Todd, I just don't know. Jesus and God are the same person? Where are you getting this? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. So did one of Jesus' disciples named Thomas. He asked that very question in uh, 
that's why we're going to start at verse 5. Again, I'm in John chapter 14, in case you're just joining us. John chapter 14, verse 5 is where I'm picking up. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Verse 8, look closely. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? These words I say to you, are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. That was verses 5 through 11, and your sub-point for that is the Father and the Son are one. The Father and the Son are one. This is a huge theological reality. The Father and the Son are one. If you call yourself a Christian, you need to believe that. So my application question is, can you believe that? That the Father and the Son are one. Now, I love this passage so much, but this is the stuff that got Jesus killed. The Jewish people had it right from Abraham on, like 4,000 years of following God, the one true heavenly father. They did it when no one else was. They did it when idols were everywhere. They did it when kings demanded worship. They said, no, we serve the one true God, the one true heavenly father. But then... God showed up. Now, don't be too hard on the Jewish people. You see, they got caught up in politics. They believed the government was ruining their lives and even infringing on their ability to worship. You see, they desperately wanted God to show up and save them and destroy their enemies. In fact, isn't that exactly what a good father would do for his children? Doesn't a good father love his favorite children more than all the others? This is where Jesus redefined what a good father is by his very life and words. Oh, friends, look at verse 8. Philip was being so real, so raw. Just show us the who the father. This good Jewish boy just wanted what everyone wants. Show us God the father. Show us who God really is. That will be enough. And indeed it was. Jesus had to use such clear language 
even though he had just said it earlier. Look at verses 10 and 11. Let me give them to you in the Todd Martin International Translation. Hey, Phil, you're looking at him. You're looking at God. When you see me, you see God the Father. Now, let me bring it back to dads. Jesus' life was spent pointing people to his Father. His whole reason for being here was to show us the way to the Father. Now, Dad, our whole life can be spent pointing people to Jesus, and thus he will point him to the Father. Our children need not look to us and expect perfection, nor should we beat ourselves up when we aren't all we need or even should be, as long as we are pointing to the one who is all we need. That is Jesus. And for those moments that we do get it right, that we are all that in a bag of chips, just like we don't need to beat ourselves up over our failure, we should also defer all of our victories, all those times we get it right, to our Heavenly Father. The way I'd heard it put once is really good. And I think uh, as fathers, we should be able to say this or something like this. When people see good in us, we can respond and say, all the good you see in me is just a dim reflection of the great God I serve, who is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me finish up. Uh, this section of our text, John chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Your subpoint for verses 12 and 13. Let's bring glory before we go to the Father too. Let's bring glory before we go to the Father too. And then I just ask the question straight up to my dad's. Dad, what do you need to do? Dad, what do you need to do? Jesus' words to us are a lot like the words of the swimmer dad off the Jersey Shore. He gave his little daughter, keep swimming till I come back for you. Dads, and really everyone who has faith in Jesus, just keep your faith because that brings glory to your Heavenly Father. Just keep your head above the water in our current ocean of disbelief and cynicism. It's a challenge, but I know you can do it. Recently, I talked to a young dad who has a serious medical condition, and it just gave him a tremendous scare. He feels like he is literally treading water every day, just trying to keep his eyes on the horizon, hoping God will give him another day in this life. And it's just hard to keep the faith sometimes. Dads, be encouraged. Your life of faith matters. You can and will point people to Jesus and thus bring glory to the Father as you do what you need to do. Maybe that's just getting out of bed. 
just going to work every day, just saying I love you to those that you do love, showing up for worship every Sunday, doing your devotions, and just living right. Your faithfulness as an earthly father can and will point people to the heavenly father. So keep it up, dad. Don't worry, faithful dad. Jesus is indeed coming back for you. The Father and the Son are one, so we can keep pointing people to Jesus before you go for the glory of God. Even today, let us pray. Oh Lord, I just thank you for all the dads who are listening. I pray that you are blessing those guys and that you would give them great joy today. I pray for everyone who's listening that has a dad. I pray that they would be able to bless their dad today in a special way. And Lord, I know that in an earthly sense, there are good dads and not so good dads. But I pray that we would be able to see uh, the goodness in our earthly fathers, but even more so to see the greatness of you, our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you made a way for us to come to you through your son, Jesus, and that we would follow him faithfully every day. And it's in the strong name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today. And I want to let you know that if you need a Bible or someone to pray with, we are here for you. Just reach out to Smithville Mennonite Church through our website or by our phone by dialing 330-669-3601. Again, that number is 330-669-3601. We would love to connect with you and help in any way we can keep you connected to Jesus. Now, you should also know that this message and All of our radio broadcasts are on our podcast, which you can access through our website or just search for Todd D. Martin on Spotify and you'll find us. It would also be a great encouragement to help us continue these messages if you would let us know that they are helpful. We are glad to have this time on WQKT and on our podcast at the same time We need to know that it is being helpful to you. So give us a shout out. Again, through our Smithville Mennonite Church website or that phone number, 330-669-3601. Now I'm going to leave you with uh, a powerful song by an artist named Stephen Curtis Chapman called That's My Dad. I hope you are blessed as much as I was by this wonderful story in a song of a dearly loved dad. Enjoy as the music plays and God bless.
his heart where dad of his own should go. And a hard-working mom raising his big brother and him the best way she knows. And he's gonna figure it out. Cause that's my dad. That's my dad kneeling underneath the old oak tree. He's saying, God, you know I'm a mess, and that girl would be the best gift you could ever give me. Now he fixes cars, sings and fixes guitar, does whatever it takes to get the ends to me. Soft heart and callous hands, but that's my dad. That's my dad. 